Welcome to Twisted Plot Podcast. Here is your host, Evelyn Marley. Good morning. It is Friday, the 24th of April. I have a special guest for you today. Her name is Mandy Slutsker. She has a podcast called Is This Real Life? And I do apologize for this podcast not coming out to you earlier. I have had some technical issues, some mental issues, but I am back on track. And I am so excited because she is my first ever. She had my introduction to podcasting because she had me on her podcast and I had so much fun talking with her. She has an in-depth knowledge about Vanderpump Rules just like myself. So it was very fun to recap the Apology Tour episode where Tom Schwartz is apologizing to Katie and none of us can accept it because we shouldn't because it is just ridiculous. So Please enjoy this episode. We get right into it. We jump right into it. I had some recording issues at the beginning. So if it sounds like we're just kind of jumping into it, it's because we kind of are. And I fixed all my problems. Not all of them, okay? But most of the ones that have to do with recording this podcast. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me through Instagram. Uh, Send me a DM. If you want to talk, if you want to chat. Oh, and also I'm going to be going live next Friday, May 1st with Ono Bravo from Chelsea from Ono Bravo. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules and I have some other very special guests coming up. So please, please, please go and listen to the other podcasts if you haven't yet. Uh, There's some very interesting guests that I have on that are not just, it's very reality-based, reality TV, you know, centered and very Vanderpump Rule centered, this podcast. So, and it might not always be that way, but for now, that's what we're rolling with. So please, please, please reach out to me if you'd like, and I just want you all to have a wonderful day. So let's start with the newbies. I want to hear all your opinions about the newbies. I want to know everything you have to say because things have changed from the beginning till now. And I have many thoughts myself. So we can go um, starting with whoever you want. Well, I really like Dana. She's definitely grown on me. I find her to be very witty and charming and honest really like how she talks about her mom's death in a way that I feel like is really like graceful and authentic yet with a sense of dark humor, uh, which I very much appreciate. And um, with regards to the guys, I am not feeling them at all between Max and Brett. I mean, aside from their racist and misogynistic tweets, which just kind of like shows how awful they are, or at least how awful they were eight years ago. I just don't find them to be authentic. So Brett is sort of like, if you look at like almost like a vapid Instagram model, like I feel like mm-hmm. he's very obsessed with what he looks like. And I don't know. He, he seems to have like no depth to himself. And then with Max, I feel like there's a little more depth, but we just don't know what it is. It's like, he's hiding something. He always seems a little bit angry. Um, he's kind of like an, emo angry like white dude with like no real reason to be angry and so he channels it in weird ways and then with charlie she usually says something like funny each episode that makes me chuckle so i do appreciate that but we really don't know much about her and i don't know if she's trying to play a part for the cameras that she acts really ditzy or if there's a little bit more to her because there's more to everyone no one's just like oh yeah, I named my boobs, ha ha, sister, sister, and like has nothing else going on in their life. So, you know, we'll see. What do you think? I enjoy Dana because I I fully believe that she is kind of like the leader of the pack of the newbies, I would say. Like she, she has, you know, everybody coming to her birthday. She managed to get the new people and the old OGs together. So I really feel like she's kind of like a glue in between both. Um, everyone seems to kind of get along with her. So that's that that works for me. Um, the boys, I just toss them. I'm done with the boys. Like I I, I don't need them. I'm I would much prefer to see just the women of the cast have their own show, like the new girls, just because I think that they can be fun and there could be maybe more 
drama incited just from those girls. They oh, yeah. don't need, they and don't need Danica. The I keep forgetting about Danica. Oh, She's yeah. interesting in that I think she is like the way that the like OG VPR cast members were back in 2013 in terms of just like super dramatic and that's just who they are. She seems to embody that like a Kristen 2013 type person. Absolutely. I was going to say she totally reminds me of Kristen 2.0 in a way just because she she has that same relationship with Lisa where Lisa really respected Kristen's work ethic and how hard she worked. She just couldn't get behind how loose cannon she was. And I think that that's the same vibe that Danica has going for her is that you just don't know what Danica's going to do, which is what I want on my TV. Don't get me wrong. Like I want right. that all the time. I want to see the fights between her and Brett. I want to see what she's going to do because I do think, and I think she's so funny because she's like, yeah, I don't think uh, Brett or Max is good enough for Dana. And oh, I think yeah. she's right. She's dead right. Totally. The bouquet of red flags. Yes, that's fully what's happening between Dana and these dudes, because I think Dana's smarter and she's better than that level for for them, for her. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think she's also smart in that she wants to be relevant on the show. And these are the new guys on the show. Mm -hmm. So she's also like, well, let me see if I have something with them. One, because maybe I have something with them. They're attractive. If she thinks that I don't really feel that way. But um, yeah, I know. and then also if she is like, well, these are my castmates and this will give me a storyline. Mm -hmm. So she knows how to play it well. That's why we watch. So um, I do think that Brett is the equivalent of Zoolander. I think that he's just <laughs> yeah. got that Zoolander <laughs> vibe going on for him where a few episodes back, he was like checking himself out in the fridge at Sir and Chef Joe walked in on him and he loves his own reflection and he loves this vibe he's putting out. And I just, I'm not, not feeling it at all. It's not doing anything for me. So the guys I'm, I would take any guys in that sir restaurant over these guys. I think that it's just not happening for me. And like you said, Max seems like he's angry. He does seem like he's angry all the time. I don't know if he's overworked or what, but he's just not, he doesn't seem like happy camper. That's, That's for sure. Um, and Charlie, I heard her on another podcast and she was interviewed by, um, Sarah and Holly from Vanderpump Rules Party. And I was listening to the interview and she was saying that she used to be a pageant queen too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And she was saying that she honestly did feel like she held back that, and she sees herself kind of holding back this season. But she says, if I'm on next season or if there is another season, you know, she says, I'm going to be a, a lot different than I am this year because I do feel like I was holding back a little bit. And I thought that was interesting because maybe that's just like first season jitters or whatever. I don't know. The The OGs never had that problem coming in season one, but it was their show to start off with. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, it would be interesting to see if, you know, personalities do change next season if we get a next season i mean <laughs> i mean i think we will the the viewership has gone up since quarantine started um of doesn't course. mean that it's nothing worth but no yeah. but everyone's watching for sure so i can't see them pulling this as long as it's making bravo money that's true i'm just hoping that they're able to get together to record together because the the quarantine and the shelter in place thing i don't know what they so there's they usually start filming around end of May, beginning of June. Right. So I'm, I'm just hoping and they might have to push the season out till we might have some Christmas specials. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, Sassy and Bo's yeah. wedding is supposed to be in October in Italy and we don't so maybe, really know how that's yeah. going to go. And why not have a different season for the season? Do yeah. October and film till May and then see where that takes them. Who knows? Just, you know, throwing that out there, bravo. Uh, let's talk about the axe throwing and Raquel. How good was Raquel at the axe throwing? Raquel is so good at throwing an axe. I, you know what? She's actually very tall. When you look at pictures of her with the other women on the cast, she towers over them. And given her, you know, background in modeling and pageant stuff, like I would be shocked if she was under 5'10". So like, 
she seems tall and athletic. Like I used to think maybe she was sort of, she's not like Kristen and sort of like a baby giraffe that can't mm-hmm. really walk like and is gangly. Like she seems to be a lot more athletic. And she carries herself well, but that's the pageantry again. Like she has to carry herself well for pageants. So maybe she just, she knows how to use what she's got, I guess. I was just really surprised at how well she threw that ax. I was like really impressed. But Raquel has turned it up for me like every single season. I mean, every single episode this season. I've really liked her more and more. I think she is an enigma. And I just want to know more about her. Yeah, she's different. She's definitely different than all the other people on the show. And I think part of it is she's very naive, but not necessarily in a bad way. Like, I think she really believes the best in people. Um, And and no one else seems to be like that on the show. (laughs) None of them. Even when we thought Britney was sweet as pie or, you know, innocent or this or whatever in the beginning, or they did. I don't know. It's that same vibe to me, but Raquel really does seem to have this kind of just, I just want to know more about her. I just want to deep dive on Raquel and find out, you know, what kind of a person she was in school. Like, let's sit down and talk. Let's have a conversation with Raquel. I'd love to interview her, but I just want someone to interview her. I just want to hear her on a podcast and just talk about her life and what she's been through, which I haven't heard. I haven't heard her on any interview besides the you know, um, after shows that they do or the little snippets they do. So I, I want to know more about Raquel. Let's, let's me too. Find out more. Um, Danica getting reprimanded by. That That was annoying. (laughs) I, it's almost as if watching Lisa Vanderpump in the show is still annoying because we don't really need sir to make this whole show work. Right. It's about people's friendships and relationships with one another and watching them like vibe for her approval is frankly like frustrating and annoying to me. So I'm not feeling the scenes with Lisa. I feel like since she stopped being on Beverly Hills, all she wants to like paint herself like she's just retrying to frame herself over and over is the same like matriarch fairy godmother type person that everyone wants to be, but no one can share their honest feelings about her because they all work for her and she's an executive producer on the show. So I'm just kind of tired of it. I don't know. I am kind of tired of it myself, but I do like the scenes with her and Brett. I think that the sexual tension between the two of them is palpable. And I just want like Brett telling Lisa no, Lisa, sorry, Lisa telling Brett that it's Ken's birthday and he's just chilling in the car waiting for her to say her hellos to uh, Dana at the birthday party. And he's just sitting there like waiting for her to come back and she's just flirting away with Brett. I just think that that's so funny. I don't I I think it's hilarious. I think that Brett. I would like to see Brett with like a Ramona. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just. You know, like if he's into older women, like let let let's actually see him with an older woman who I think could call him out on his shit. Let's he's, chopper him into the New York Housewives. He's used to being, I think, with like younger girls who just do whatever he, he wants. I don't know. He's also trying to paint a portrait for himself, like of himself, that just doesn't feel truly authentic or accurate. So he used to date a famous YouTuber, a beauty blogger named Carly Bible, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. And so people knew who he was because he was her boyfriend. And I guess he was in a lot of her videos. So when he talks about, oh, I had this like one relationship and I was always in the back seat, you know, I guess that's who he's talking about. But then he just followed in her footsteps and he started his own YouTube channel, not like he has any brand or anything other than being the boyfriend or ex-boyfriend of this Carly person. So I don't know. It's like he's trying. I don't know. It's very weird. And I think that the Vanderpump Rules producers chose him because he was like well known by this younger group of YouTube watchers. That, I mean, smart move. Like if they were trying to get a more broader audience, right? Because now they've got a younger group of 
people watching. I feel like that for the most but part, it was a certain it, age group. It feels sort of like Twitter versus TikTok. Oh, you know, like yes, who are watching Vanderpump Rules have been watching Vanderpump Rules. There's not a lot of like new viewers that are young to Vanderpump Rules. They're watching Riverdale or whatever else they're that people their age are watching. You know what I mean? And so like TikTok, like like let let the youth have their own thing. We're <laughs> everyone's in on the TikToks now, though. TikTok is happening like nobody's business. I can't believe how many people are doing TikToks. I feel bad. I mean, I think that's also because people are bored, but I feel bad. Like let the kids have their own social media thing that we don't ruin <laughs> take <for> over. <laughs> You know, like it used like Facebook used to be, you know, I was like on Facebook in the very beginning because like my college was one of the few universities that was invited. And then, you know, and then pretty soon your parents are on Facebook and your grandparents are on Facebook. And then like Facebook becomes the loser thing. And like, that's not really the way to communicate. Now I feel like it's only people who are parents of young children trying to like find out information about swaddling, you know? <laughs> and then like Twitter is just like doom and gloom. Instagram, I think a lot of people can use it. But you know, let let the youth have their thing. So I don't know how many new Vanderpump watchers there are. I'd be curious to know those statistics just because I don't know. I want to see how many of the how, how many of his followers actually followed him on to watch the show. I want to know that because if he did have a big following, were they super disappointed when they saw him on the show <laughs> like that? Like Let's see. So Dana is going out. Sheena said Dana's going out with Brett to throw a fuck you into Max's face, which was funny because I thought Sheena made out with Brett after she dated Max. So right. Our- Sheena is off on this one. She's okay. Since all of this has happened. This was filmed like eight, nine months ago. She's well beyond over all of this stuff. And her and Dana, I think, have a decent relationship now. Mm -hmm. So she's definitely just acting out. And at the end, you see when Lala kind of confronts her about this weird thing that she does where she becomes best friends with an attractive guy, falls in love with them, but acts like she's not is a pattern. And then she, you know, opens up about how she's upset that she's single and divorced and 34 and freezing her eggs. Cause she's not sure about, you know, she's banking on a maybe. And that's a really, that's the most authentic I've ever seen her. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I totally related to her in that, in that moment. And, you know, appreciate her when she's honest, as opposed to when she's kind of fronting. I thought that last episode when she did the, you know, when Britt called her middle age and she was, you know, had to get her good side and turn for the camera and she seemed on her back was straight. She was super like, I'm on. I am Sheena. Let's do this YouTube video. And then as soon as he turned off the camera, she really kind of shrunk down and it was almost like she forgot there was a second camera on her, like the main VPR camera, because she really kind of, for me, it looked like that was the first vulnerable moment that I've seen her have that looked real. It looked like she had forgotten that she was being recorded to me. And I was like, wow, that must be what Sheena is like, not with cameras on her. She looks really deflated there and she looks like she's relatable there. I've, I've, I'm sure I felt that emotion before someone said something like that and I felt not okay with that. So it felt like that was more of an honest reaction to what he had done or said than what she portrays and does for the cameras when she knows they're on. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. I I really like Sheena. I feel like she's as annoying as she has been in previous seasons. I think she is a very compelling person to watch on TV. I mean, this whole show started about her trying to fit in at Sir having this conversation with Brandy Glanville, apologizing for being a mistress. Like, she's a compelling person. We see her get engaged. We see her try and become a pop star and fail miserably. We see her marriage fall apart and her try to be kind of hide the reasons behind it falling apart and eventually just opening up and letting it all out. So I feel like she's always giving us something. And now she's one of the few... OG cast members who's connecting with the newer folks because I think she's a lot more open to new people. She certainly is and she is more I think she probably feels more like an underdog just having to struggle so much with 
you know, Kristen, Stassi, and Katie. So I feel like she does give people usually, you know, a fighting chance to be friends and and not judge them off of something that they say right away. Mm-hmm. I think that she's more open-hearted when it comes to that stuff. But I do think that it was strange that she said that, she said on an after show that the reason that she was mad at Dana was because that she... Dana was getting more opportunity to showcase her life, like her comedy and stuff like that. Whereas um, they're not doing that for Sheena with her podcast and other ventures that she has, even the freezing her eggs, but they are showing a little bit. I mean, they showed a little bit more last episode, not as much as they could. But do you think it's fair to say that they've never done that when they've showcased a lot of her, like her singing career, I'm air quoting that, you can't see me, (laughs) singing career, but her singing career and her wedding and stuff like that. I feel like they've done a lot for her in the past and- but There's that was just, in the past. And now as they're showing all of the other OGs, quote unquote, grow up, mm-hmm. you know, they're showing them evolve. They're not showing her evolving. And I do believe she is. I mean, she's had a podcast for a couple of years now. She had that stint in Vegas where she did a show, I think, like six nights a week for five months. I mean, that's not easy. And she had to have some talent in order to do that, I would think. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not showing any of those sides of her. And yet Dana, brand new, they show. I mean, I I don't think that's really a reason for her to be annoyed with Dana. That's more a reason to be annoyed with the producers. They definitely like have people they want to show. There are certain things the producers aren't showing. I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. they're not really showing what I feel like is the real issue between Kristen, Katie and Stassi. But maybe that's because they're not themselves. The three women involved are not maybe being honest about it either. I don't know. What do you think could be the problem? The real problem between the three of them. Do you think that Stassi is secretly just trying to keep Kristen away from her relationship with with Bo just because no. she doesn't want to have her anywhere like she doesn't want Kristen to kind of overstep her boundaries and maybe she has some PTSD from it and so she's just trying yeah. to keep her arms length about it I don't know I mean I think Kristen's chaotic energy is a bit much for Stassi. And I think she was drawn to it in the beginning because her mom is like that. Mm. And I think there's a lot of similarities between Dana, Stassi's mom, and Kristen, both good and bad. And we saw Stassi last season kind of get burned by her mom. Her mom made a lot of really awful comments to her, you know, saying, Bo's up here and you're down here. And, you know, like he's better then you are saying, oh, I wish you were more like Kristen. Then when she got really drunk, oh, I just want you to hold me and like tell me that you love me. And it's like, this is not how a mother should behave towards her adult daughter. And I think Kristen does a lot of similar behavior. And I think Stasi is realizing that behavior can be toxic and not good for her mental health. And I think Stasi's prioritizing her own well-being and mental health and only keeping people around her that make her feel good and that aren't kind of just on repeat like Groundhog's Day. Kristen, it sounds like, has a lot of patterns of behavior that are not changing and it must be exhausting to have years of friendship with someone where they complain about the same thing all the time, where they never seem to show any improvement. I think I feel like very... I have a like a heart. My heart goes out to Kristen because I'm watching her and I'm like, oh, this is someone who is in the throes of depression or anxiety, who doesn't seem to be able to break a cycle. But that's me seeing this kind of, you know, for the first time or, you know, a couple seasons. This was someone that Stassi saw up close all the time and it just didn't end. And so I feel like she just can't handle Kristen not correcting like complaining about problems not taking any steps towards fixing them and then continuing to take people's energy out of them by constantly relying on their emotional support if that makes any sense it totally does do you think that that's it then like witches of weho could possibly officially be done well i'm hoping that this whole quarantine and coronavirus thing (laughs) will will make them all realize that life is short and precious and that maybe while they don't have to all be best friends, they can find, like, remember what kind of held them together in the beginning 
But that would require Kristen stopping relying on Katie and Stassi to provide the sort of emotional support that she wants them to provide that maybe that they had provided in the, in the past and they have run out of that ability to do. Kristen Um, needs to find a way to be able to self soothe. She does. And I think that watching Kristen kind of listen to Katie say, it's just not working. It's I'm breaking up with you. That was really hard to see. I felt so bad for Kristen because she is really trying to find her way, I feel like. And I think that she could have, like, lashed out completely. And you know what? She didn't get involved. As far as I saw, she didn't get involved in the drama between what happened with um, Sandoval. Kristen was there. She just didn't, like, she just stayed out of it. She must have just stayed out of it, which is kind of not Kristen. Or that we saw. I mean. Right. They could have, yeah. yeah, they could have changed that. But as far as I saw, I only saw a glimpse of Kristen. I was like, oh, wow, Kristen's not involved in that. Wow, that's amazing. Like, maybe she doesn't want to get involved in everybody's business, but maybe she just didn't care because her and Katie were just on such bad terms. She's like, I'm just going to let this roll. It's Ooh. just so interesting because Kristen knows that Katie and Stassi are exhausted by her and by how emotional she is all the time and how much she seems to take out of other people by like exuding this emotion and instability. And yet when her and Katie talked, she couldn't help but break down, which it just shows me that she just needs to find a way to calm down because Katie is not someone that I think really responds well to displays of emotion. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. like crying in front of Katie is not going to melt her heart. It's going to make her more annoyed with you. And so if you're trying to relate to her, like just talk to her. But Kristen does not seem to be able to communicate in the way that both like Katie and Stassi like need to receive communication. Yeah. They just do not respond well to it at all. And I think they used to. I mean, I think when they would cry, she would be there for them. When she would cry, they would be there for her. But they've found ways to self-soothe or to rely maybe on their partners more than on each other. And Kristen hasn't. And they are doing, I think this has been so like such a long-term thing of them kind of telling her, you know, like, okay, just like leave him if he's the problem or just do this or try this. And she's probably not doing any of that. And then when they see her repeating the same patterns, they're exhausted by it and it's annoying. Yeah. In which case they're like, don't come to Vegas. Please don't come be a part of this. Yeah. It's really tough. It's so tough. But if she hasn't been close to them in a while, which it sounds like she hasn't, she keeps relying on the past and that past relationship, but she's not appealing to them now. Like just, I don't know. I just, I feel like she needs to be in a better place and find a way to, like not compare herself to them or their relationships. I mean, my God, if I were Kristen, I'd be like, hey, I'm hot. I'm a good catch. I'm funny. I have a ton of friends. Like, I don't want to be Katie. Look at how Schwartz treats her. I don't want to be in that kind of marriage, mm-hmm. you know? But instead, she's just like, I'm alone and everyone else is, has a partner. And it's it's not, um, yeah, she doesn't seem to know how to get herself out of the rut. I think she will. I th- I think that she's gaining strength in a different different way, and I think that she's going to come out on the other end, and she's going to, you know, when she does prove to herself that she doesn't need that validation or whatever, she doesn't need their friendship to be a stronger person. She can be a stronger person on her own, and then they're going to see it, and they're going to be probably attracted to it, right? And they're probably going to be like, oh, you you know, you've you've changed. You're a great person. Yeah, you need us. It's, You're not it's like interesting. The people that she seems closer to now, like Sheena and Ariana, I feel like she had lower expectations for. Mm-hmm. She probably didn't expect Ariana to ever be nice to her. I mean, I know that they formed a like friendship a couple of years ago, but I don't think she ever expected Ariana to go above and beyond to be there for her. And when Ariana did, it, you know, helped like build this like great friendship that they have now. But I think her expectations were too high for Stasi and Katie. And so then they like fell below her expectations and then she was more frustrated and kept trying to like make it go back to the way it used to be, you know? 
So yeah, which it will not. It will not friendships go back to change, and I think mm-hmm. she just needs to change with it. And I think it could go back to the way it used to be. I mean, I never, I wasn't sure if Stassi and Katie would ever be friends again. When Katie got engaged to Schwartz, Stassi wasn't there, and you know, it took a lot for them to rebuild their friendship. And so, I think it's possible for people to rebuild. What I think is less possible is Jackson, Tom Schwartz, or and Tom Sandoval. I think there's a lot more love between Kristen, Katie, and Stassi. I think they're just exhausted by her. Um, but I I don't know. Jax is, he's something else. Look, at, you don't give just a samurai sword signed by Randy Jackson to someone and I then know. just get it pushed to the side. Like nothing. I mean, that is something really special that somebody goes. And that's just Tom Sandoval. He just goes above and beyond. And he's proven to me. I mean, I like him. I've I've never had any problems with him. I like watching him on my TV screen. He's very pleasant to look at, and he's always been funny. His trumpet, his trumpet is the penis best thing ever. Flute, <laughs> his penis flute playing like he's entertaining. I I I really enjoy watching him, and he just gets better and better as the show goes on. I that's why I don't think like you necessarily or anybody should get rid of the OGs completely because I do think that he has a lot to offer in terms of entertainment value for the show. I do want to still see him. And if that's, if it's going to take a feud with Jax for them to keep him on the screens, like fine, like let them fight. No big deal. But I mean, Jax is a self-proclaimed horrible person. He says it himself. I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. I don't know why anybody's friends with me, but they're all friends with me. So he knows it. <laughs> yeah. They need to know it, but they're still friends with them. So, you know, that's just the way it is. And I, I don't know. Do you think that if Jax apologized to Sandoval and he was like, hey, man, I'm really sorry about all this. I need to be a better friend to you. Do you think Sandoval would forgive him? Yeah, I think Sandoval's yeah. a very forgiving person. But Jax would have to have a level of like self-realization and be able to explain why he's behaving the way he is. And I don't think he wants to, I think he likes to live in ignorance. I think, I don't know. He says a lot of really ignorant things. And I think Sandoval and Ariana are a bit more compared to the rest of the cast, like in the know about what's happening in the country and in the world. I think Katie is also given how she was annoyed and upset by the police situation. Mm -hmm. So like she's, you know, Sheena is one of those people who's like, I don't watch the news. And she's proud of that. Um, I think Jax, I don't know, his ignorance is obnoxious to a point that when you see what's happening in the world and in the country and, you know, with people who are LGBTQ and he's just, he doesn't care. And he says such ignorant things that fuel so many problems. I think it would be hard to get over that. Yeah, and I would hope that if Schwartz, did say, you know, all right, man, I forgive you. We can be friends again. That oh, he would have it. I mean, Sandoval, sorry. Yeah, yeah. If Sandoval said, thank you. If Sandoval said, like, hey, we can be friends again. Let's do this. I would hope he would have it more on his terms of a friendship and not let Jax, Jax him around. Because that's just, it's too much. It's too yeah. much to see. It's, it's, he needs to step it up a little bit more. Uh, Sandoval needs to step, step up to Jax a little bit more and just be like, call him out more. Because if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Sandoval and he should do it. And he should just fucking say it to his face in front of everybody so everyone can be like, shut up. That's why I want a reunion. We're not going to get one. Not now. We'll get anyway. one. We'll get one one way or the other. <laughs> They're doing the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion online. So oh, they are. They are. Okay, now I'm like, this is the best news I've had in a really long time. I'm hopeful now. <laughs> Thank you. Find ways. Thanks okay. For, you know, Andy Cohn's doing his show six nights Oof. a week now from home. They're they're finding ways to keep things going. Okay, good. Because are they going to put cameras inside like their homes and we're going to do some Big Brother style? Like, I have Vanderpool? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think so because it's so funny to hear the Vanderpump Rules kids talk about Summer House and how they could never handle like Ugh. having cameras in every room the way Summer House does. <laughs> you know, because there is a level of like, we don't actually see them have sex. We don't see them naked, you know? That kind of a thing where a summer house is just like out there for everyone to see. It's crazy. I love it. Me I too. absolutely love it. And I'm digging summer house. I think that they've got 
The past two seasons have been a great cast, and I'm just really enjoying watching the whole Hannah and Luke love play out because it's so interesting. Not just a a sidebar a little bit, but just to see how he's like, yeah, I'm kind of dating someone else. And she's like, nope, I'm not into it. And then she's like, but I'm super competitive. So I'm going to still go for it because he said the same thing when she was dating the other guy. So they're like perfect for each other. Definitely. And do you know in real life if they're still dating? They definitely have a good relationship. I don't know if they're still dating, but they're on good terms. Good for them. According to social media. (laughs) Lisa brought in Elena, who is Nicolene's wife, I believe. She was Who's holding Nicolene's wife. Who's Nicolene? Nicolene. Oh, uh, am I not saying it right? Nicolene? I don't know Nick- who that is. Nick Elaine? Is that how it's? <laughs> I have no idea who that the sh- is. The chandelier guy? Oh, like who like decor who like helps her decorate all her restaurants? That guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, have no idea. I like okay. don't actually pay attention. Okay. So <laughs> to like these like side like older characters, like, Guillermo, I definitely yeah. pay attention to, but not. Oh. I have like a thing for all the older side characters like Nicolene, Guillermo, Chef Joe. Like I, I want more of these people to be on the screen because I think they're, they have a story to tell. But Nicolene's wife, Elena, is now best friends with uh, Lisa Vanderpump. And they came into Villa Blanca and she was holding Lisa's dog. And, you know, I was just thinking Lisa loves to surround herself with all these young you know, pretty shiny people. And I'm wondering, do you think that she's like a witch and she somehow like <laughs> steals their youth because like, that's why she wants them around. She's warlocking them and like somehow stealing some of their beauty or like that energy. Like, I, just know. I mean, it. she's certainly a narcissist and can't handle anyone challenging her, whether it be her life partner or anyone else. So she can't have real friends. Because so it's just like Ken. She has no other like true friendships. They're people that she's known forever. But I don't think like as soon as they challenge her in any way, she gets rid of them. So the only like relationships we she feels seems to feel comfortable in are ones where she has the upper hand. I mean, not that I don't like her. I love watching her. I, I like I'll totally, you know, buy her crap and go to her restaurants or whatever. But, um, you know, it's interesting that she seems the same with animals. Like she is the upper hand, like they need her to survive and feed them, you know? So like, it's like, she can only be in situations where like people adore her animals adore her. And then like, she keeps like giving them whatever they need to survive. That's literally what she does with the young people (laughs) in her life. Yeah. That's so true. She's definitely locking them up and stealing a part of their young souls, too. I believe that because I feel like she's she's got something going on. The fact that she kept Ken in the car while she went into the party was really strange to me. I'm like, why didn't he Ken come out? He want to go in. He, he probably didn't. like, I'm tired and grouchy. and It's my birthday. Yeah. I'm just going to sit with the dogs in the car. You can go in. And she's yeah. like, okay, I'll go flirt with Brett and steal some of his beauty. Okay. I think that's pretty much it that stood out to me. Was there anything that really stood out to you besides Charlie's tea and Tamara boobs? Yes. <laughs> I am turning on Schwartz. I've <gasps> always thought that there was a darker side to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he infuriated me this episode. First of all, we see him in the very beginning in the Venice skate park. No helmet. I'm sorry. Are you effing kidding me? No helmet. It's so goddamn stupid. Okay. That's just like one little thing. But then when him and Katie finally talked about how horrible he was to her, he said, don't be a social justice warrior, which makes me feel like he's listening to like Joe Rogan and like on 4chan with a bunch of like men's rights activists. Like, is that where he's getting his info? Social (sighs) justice warrior? She's just saying it's a little tone deaf to joke about the police arresting someone. Granted, no one in the Vanderpump Rules cast is a person of color, so it's not entirely tone deaf. Um, And it could be more of a prank amongst white people. But like, she's not wrong and the fact that like police brutality is a problem but using right. that social justice warrior just shows like 
he is. <laughs> it's like he's that was so obnoxious. So I am and how he he just expects to be forgiven so easily because he's so charming and so attractive. It really upset me, you know, it really yeah. upset me. And I am very happy with Bo. I mean, the one thing I, I didn't expect to like Bo as much as I do um, didn't appreciate that he said, like, when they were all talking at the skateboard park, where he was, like, kind of implied it would be okay to fight behind closed doors that way, like, but not in front of everyone. I was like, no, it's not okay to talk to your wife like that regardless. Um, but his whole monologue with Stasi, um, when he's talking to the camera about how much he loves her, just felt so real. And I feel like their love is so wonderful. And that's how you should feel before getting married. So before getting engaged, whereas I feel like... Schwartz and Jack's like it's almost like they're like gave up they're like okay I'll get married that's like where we are you know they they really want to and so I'll do it okay and like joking about you know ball and chain type jokes and it's like they don't seem to truly view their partners as a partner and so I don't know I'm definitely more on the Bo Sandoval relationship type what did what did you think of Stassi getting mad that Bo brought up that they argue too and him just saying I just didn't want them to think that you know every like we're not perfect we fight too and she was like I don't want anybody to know anything about our business and our fights and our arguments I thought that was strange because she's best friends with Katie who probably like wouldn't she tell her if she would get in an argument like I I tell my yeah I think it's probably because a lot of their arguments were showcased last season in a way that really didn't make her look great and so she's probably wants to protect like she's put her relationship out there for a lot of scrutiny and her whole dark passenger thing and she's probably just trying to protect it a bit more so i think yeah i think she's also just on edge because she wants to get engaged so badly to him and has no control over the situation and probably is worried even though he keeps telling her all the right things like what if i'm not enough and what if he leaves me and that's just she know she has full reign of that relationship i feel like she really does have a good stronghold on a secure relationship with him. So it's just funny that she's like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to pop the question? When are we going to get married? When are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Because it's just like, I feel bad for the guy. He's like, just let me do it. Let me live. Let me, let me surprise I you. I let think me do she it. just wants that security. <laughs> yeah. For her, it's like, I think a security thing. Like, yeah. okay, if you make a commitment to me, it's a lot harder for you to leave me. And I think she is very, if as we've seen from seasons past, she's so afraid of being abandoned. I know. And she, they, they're not going anywhere. I think they're in it for the long run. And I've been watching their Instagram stories of their lock-in and they've got it going on those two. It's really cute. They, they really do have something special. And I think that their sense of humor is going to take them a long way in the relationship because you really do need to have a sense of humor in a time like this. Otherwise you'll just go crazy. I know. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for coming on and recapping with me. I always enjoy talking to you about this because you have such a, you know, long history of watching this show (laughs) and you know the characters just as well as I do. So it's just nice to be able to talk to someone who can appreciate it for, and you want it to keep going, right? You want the the show to go on. I wouldn't mind if it's split in two to have kind of like the OG cast and actually let them grow up. Like, let them have kids. Let them try and navigate, you know, like, I don't know. We saw that they got these houses. We didn't see how they got the houses. I mean, that's maybe I'm just like old and a loser, but I like would find find it kind of funny to see Jack's trying to navigate a mortgage. <laughs> no, I agree. I would want to like, see that part, too. I want to see that. Yeah. They don't have, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll still party. They're not going to change that, but don't try and force them to act like they're in their twenties anymore when they're not. Well, we see that with Jersey Shore now, like they're adults and they have kids and they have their lives. I don't know if you watch Jersey Shore, but I, we started to watch a little bit cause we watched it before when they were, you know, younger partying in the shore and now they're a little bit older. And so they have different responsibilities. And I think as your life changes and it progresses, like I still want to see them go through all that. 
I, I went through, uh, I'm going through marriage and kids and all this stuff. And I want to see them, how they navigate. I want to see Stassi pregnant and see how she navigates a pregnancy or see how, you know, they figure out how to get their life insurance on each other. You know, stuff like that. Stupid yeah. stuff. But still like adulting right real adulting real life stories yeah and to actually see the business of the toms grow like let's see them open up a business of their own completely and see how that goes for them who knows i don't know if tom schwartz could handle that i feel like he's not the most responsible i want to see him crumble let's watch him crumble yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's been like gliding just on the hard work of others for a very long time. Yeah, I'm turning on him. And I really, because he's from Minnesota originally, I met him once, he was so lovely, but it is not okay to talk to your wife like that. It's not okay to talk to anyone like that. I think he's got a real alcohol issue. He is mean. Every once in a while when he drinks, he gets really mean. And that's not okay. If your personality completely changes when you use a substance, you probably shouldn't be using that substance anymore. And, you know, between that and then the like, you know, like we were having such a good moment if it wasn't for Katie. It's like, shut up. Or Katie. She's like, ah. And she has gone through some trauma herself, too. So it's like I was telling someone about this. The adrenaline that was probably coursing through her veins the moment that that happened, just from sheer shock, because obviously she was believing what was happening. So the adrenaline spike that probably went through her veins and the fact that she still has PTSD from her accident probably just jumbled and crumbled and like made her feel a certain way. And she was coming down from that adrenaline and the alcohol involved changed everything for her and her mindset. So everything was really intense and intensified in that moment. And there was no talking anyone down off the ledge from that party. It was just, right. you just got to walk away and regroup in the morning because there's, nobody's going to make any sense. Right. All right. Tell me your plot twist for the season. Something completely outlandish. The name of the podcast is Twisted Plot Podcast. And I like to get plot twists from everybody and and hear what they would love to see happen. Just the most craziest thing you can think of. Um, There's a couple. One would be if one of the guys, I would imagine it mainly probably being Jax, but it could be Schwartz too back when they were in their 20s, became a sperm donor to make money and then now have like all of these kids (laughs) that they don't know. That would be pretty hilarious, especially for Jax, because like I could see him doing that. Um, Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. (laughs) I think that would be pretty funny. And then another would be something like, you know, I'm really political. I'm really, I live in DC. I would love if Jax all of the sudden became like woke. Like wow. that would be something else. Like if he just became like a hardcore, like Medicare for all supporter or something like that, like got into, you know, talking about it in his own way or became like a big advocate for Planned Parenthood. I don't know. I, I could see I would think that would be fucking hilarious and it would probably freak out Brittany's family. That's hilarious. And it reminds me of the time that he was talking with Ariana and they were talking about how, yeah, (laughs) that's one of my favorite moments. And Ariana's like, yeah. And then this, and he's like, oh my gosh, my mind is being blown right now. And I'm like, we need more of that Jax. Where's that Jax? Like bring him out. I want to see him. I want woke Jax. We should, we should, I feel like he's kind of going the other direction and that he's listening to some maybe not so, I don't know, like he put a thing out on social media recently about how maybe coronavirus was like, he almost equated it to the story of like Jonah and the whale and how the whole town of Nineveh, like he didn't say any of this out loud, but he was saying that like, this is a curse and this is because we've been behaving badly. And that's like the whole story in the Bible with like the town of Nineveh had sinned so badly. And then Jonah was told, you know, he was on this ship and then God told him to go jump in the water. You know, that whole thing, the Mm -hmm. idea that like God is vengeful and getting back on society for like going away from God's ways is, um, 
probably not the best way to view this virus. <laughs> oh my god! And like, where are you hearing this? And could you turn away from that? Because I feel like he's really, I don't know, like gullible or like will like listen to these sorts of ideas and then put them out there, as opposed to if he could just kind of get ideas from some different people, maybe. Yeah, he definitely know. takes the ideas and then rebrands them as Jacksisms. You know what I mean? Whereas this is not a new thing. Like, you know, in the early 80s, people were saying that AIDS was caused by, you know, people strained from God and homosexuality, you know, as opposed yeah. to the fact it's like a naturally occurring virus. Like, like, I don't know. I don't I don't I'm Jewish. I really don't like the idea of like a very vengeful God, even though there's a lot of stories like that in the Bible. I don't think it's like a really healthy way to view like religion or relationships with with the higher power. No, well, that's Jax, though. He's out there yeah. just spread, spreading the, the word of um, whatever he's listening to. So we will hope for the best for him and hope for a, a woke Jax for the future. I yeah. want your plot twist to come true. Woke because, Jax with yeah. lots of uh, biological children from... Woke uh, <laughs> They're all like... <laughs> like advocates for something like really great. And they just all turn him into this like amazing woke person. And he's like, I got to do it for my kids. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, he's like, no, we're all a family again. And Brittany's like, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you again. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and point them towards your podcast? Because I yeah. would love for them to hear you. Thank you so much. So my podcast is called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker. My last name is S-L-U-T-S-K-E-R or on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for coming, Mandy. It was so great talking to you. And we'll have to get you on again towards the end of the season so we can see how it all turns out. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next time. And remember, stay twisted.